0: I go with me over to uh, Psalm 115, in these sessions the past uh, uh, couple of weeks, the last Wednesday and tonight, we talked about the prosperous soul, which is the foundation for supernatural increase. Prosperous soul, everybody said, my soul is prospering. In Psalm 115, Again, I want to look at verse 9. O house of Israel, trust in the Lord, for he is their help and shield. How many of you found out that you don't lose when you trust in him? Yeah. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord, for he is their help and shield. You who fear him, and that means to love him, honor, revere him enough to actually do what he says. He who fears him, trust in the Lord, for he is their help and shield. So we know that he is Israel's help and shield. We know that he is the help and shield of of the house of Aaron. But he is also the shield and the defender and the protector and the help for everyone in this room that fears the Lord. So you're qualified by what? By faith, which is demonstrated by the fear of the Lord. In other words, you reverence and honor him and respect him enough and love him enough to do what he actually says. And look at the promise here. It says, the Lord remembers us and will bless us. Amen. Say it with me, the Lord remembers me and will bless me. If you have this mentality that you see God doing things in other people's lives and the devil tells you, well, that's good for them. He didn't really care so much about you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because if you're part of those that fear him, you can also be part of those that are remembered by God. And the part that says that he will bless you. And I want to remind you, God's ability to bless you is not subject to what anything is going on in this nation around the world. It's not subject to what the world is doing in terms of increase or decrease. Your increase is tied to what you do with the word of God. Isn't that refreshing to know? Turn to somebody and say, it's not what somebody else does. It's what you do. That's why in the same house you can have people increasing like crazy and other people not having a clue. Because it's not about what they are doing, it's about what I am doing. Scripture tells us that we're to work out our own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. In other words, respect and honor and great reverence for God. And that leads us to line up with the Word of God. And I'm telling you, when you line it with the Word of God, there's nothing that can stop you from increasing. Not circumstances. If one person increases this next year, you're going to be that person in Jesus' name. Can you receive that tonight? In every single area of your life, increasing is not just about material things, but we have learned about classic redemption. Say that with me, classic redemption. Redemption which means a classic understanding by word people that our redemption is not just spiritual. It starts with things that are spiritual, but it is spiritual, it is physical, and it is material. Come on, shout that out. My redemption is spiritual, it is physical, and it is material. That means that God cares about every dimension of your life. Religion says God just cares about you repenting and going to heaven one day. But your God didn't just die for you to go to heaven. Your God died so that you could bring heaven to earth and manifest His goodness so that other people would be attracted to the same redemption. It's not about God deciding one day He'll do this. This is, you know, part and parcel with His foundational covenant with His people Israel and you and me by faith. We're engrafted in our our father is also Abraham because we have the same kind of faith and because of that we have the same kind of redemption. When you heard Justin, for example, on Sunday talk about preaching the full gospel or all the gospel, that would, that's what it means. We just don't preach that you can be saved. We preach that you can also be baptized in the Holy Ghost. In other words, be abounding in his presence, be abounding in the goodness of God. But it doesn't stop there. We also preach that God is a healer. Part of the gospel is the healing work of God, a redemption not just in your spiritual life, but also in your physical life. Aren't you glad he's a healer? And he's able to give you divine health, amen? He's able to sustain you, but he's also able to let, let life flow through you to other people. Raise your hand if you know that God used you one time or another and somebody got healed. Raise your hand up high. And you didn't do it. So who did it? He did it through you. You are a life conduit. That's what this is all about. So our redemption is about divine healing when we need it, divine health to sustain us. And most of us have had health sustained most of our days. Do you recognize God has been good to you? Yes. Let me ask you again. Do you realize God has been good to you? Yes. Oftentimes we'll think in terms, well, you know, I'm, I'm not doing very well. And all of a sudden I have a physical battle. And now I need God's divine healing or health. Well, you may need His divine healing. All that is is a reset to the divine health that you already had. In other words, if we were to just pass a piece of paper around tonight, I promise you, with with just a few exceptions in this room, you have predominantly enjoyed health in your life. And that is the mercy and the grace of God. Do you know that God's redemption is so powerful that it can't help but spill over and touch even unbelievers? You don't believe that? The word of God, the Bible says that the word, his word, his powerful word, sustains this universe. Yes. Upholds all things. That's how he spoke that word, how powerful it is. He upholds all things with his word. And guess what? Upholds the sun, upholds the moon, upholds the water, upholds the air, upholds you know, the ground that grows the crops, upholds the animals that, that we use as, as not only for, you know, you know, Companionship, but also for food. Everything he has has been sustained with that word. And he sends his what? His rain on the just and the unjust. That's not, that's not about your golf game being you know ruined. It's about having that life-giving water that will cause those crops to shoot up. Well, what am I saying? He sent forth his word, and he certainly blesses us, but right now, this world is living off a good God that so many people denounce and deny even exists. And every day, he's upholding his, his world. He's upholding this earth with his powerful word, and they don't even recognize him. They'll recognize him one day. I said they'll recognize him one day. Our job is to make sure that a lot of them make you know, that decision before they're forced to come to terms with who he actually is. So say it with my redemption... It's spiritual and it's physical and it's material. And God's desire is that you would increase in every area of your life. Amen. Get stronger and stronger, get more powerful in the anointing, get more and more revelation of His goodness. Grow spiritually, you know, from season, not to get on a plateau or constantly get on fire for God, then backslide on fire for God and backslide. No, but keep growing in the things of God. Say it with me I'm a grower. And also increasing in your capacity to receive, increasing in what God does in your life, even in material areas and financial areas. Why? Because God wants you blessed, so you can be a blessing. Now, help me understand that. uh, Maybe you guys that have had chickens and farm, maybe maybe you've ever discovered this. But help me understand it. Typically, uh, when when hen lays an egg, what are the components of that egg? There's a shell. There's a white, and is there a yolk? Now, raise your hand if you actually raise chickens and you've raised, you have them. Okay, did they ever come out without the yolk or the white? No. Anybody else? You had two yolks. There's increase. There you are, right there. (laughs) But you have the shell. Say the shell. Say the white and the yolk. You see that? You can no more change God's view of redemption or set aside one of God's parts of redemption than you could somehow cause that egg to be what? Created and what? Released into your hands and all of a sudden you open it up and it doesn't have an egg yolk, it doesn't have a white, it doesn't have a shell. You understand what I'm saying to you? And that's just a natural example. Now imagine now the supernatural power of God who put this covenant in the place through the blood of Jesus Christ how much you cannot separate these dimensions one from another. What we've got to do is get excited about our forgiveness, excited about the righteousness God gave us, excited about every part of this. And if religion comes in, see, religion will cause you to dismiss or somehow minimize the other parts of your redemption. Why? Why let religion water down your redemption? Amen. Amen. Just like Psalm 23, you need to sit up at that table and enjoy everything God has for you. Leave nothing on that table. Enjoy it all. Say it, I am increasing in every area of my life. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. Shout it out and say I qualify. qualify. Say it again, I qualify. May the Lord make you increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I take great encouragement from that scripture because if he can make heaven and earth, he can certainly take care of my situation oh, no, but I'm a a tough case. You're tougher than creating the universe with the words of your mouth? I mean, think about what he has done through history with his people, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're just too much for God to handle. Your sin is too great to be forgiven. Your bondage is too great for you to be delivered. You're, you know, somehow and so sick that God can't even help you. You're so run down mentally and emotionally that God can't bring you back. You're so far down financially, if you looked up from the bottom, you know, of the the barrel, you're, you know, you still have everything on top of you and there's no hope for you. Sometimes you feel that way. But how do you understand God is well able to fill your barrel and cause it to overflow? And cause you to live off the top of the barrel the rest of your life? It says scratching down on the bottom and realizing, hey, there you go again. There's nothing there. There's nothing for you. Your God is a good God. I catch us. This. this is all about His covenant promise for you. Redemption is tied to the covenant. Glory to God. Say it. I'm increasing spiritually, physically, and materially. And I'm not necessarily talking about increasing physically. I'm talking about increasing in the benefits of what attacks and it's you know what what actually attaches to you physically, administers peace and health and wholeness and soundness to your life. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're a believer today? In this crazy mixed up world, aren't you glad you know who God is? Aren't you glad you know what the Holy Spirit can do? Aren't you glad you know the power and the authority and the integrity of God's Word? We're blessed people, aren't we church? To be able to be in the Word and sit under the Word of God and grow in these things especially right now. Now you know the Scripture in 3 John 2, Beloved I wish above all things That thou mayest prosper and be in health. And what's the rest of it? Some people look at us where people say, yeah, you're that prosperity bunch. No, we're that prosperous soul bunch. If you're going to label me, label me correctly. Because you have never heard in this pulpit or anybody else that believes like we do tell you that somehow you can prosper in God without your soul being right. Say with me, I'm a prosperous soul person. So tell somebody, the preacher is a prosperous soul preacher. Because what does it say? I wish above all things, I pray above all things, all the things the Apostle John could pray. How many know that Lord could probably pray? When everybody else ran, John was there at the foot of the cross. I'm sure he knew how to pray. All the things he could pray over you and me in his letter to Gaius here, and we see as part of the canon of Scripture, I pray above all things, thou mayest prosper and what? Be in health, even as your what? Soul prospers is getting along well, is right with God, is advancing, is increasing. In other words, what he wanted was the physical part, And the material part to keep up with what is happening in our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions with respect to what he has done in our spiritual life. In other words, the tangible effect on my mind, my will, my emotions from being born again, from being right with God. Right there in one simple verse, the Apostle John preaches and advocates and prays that you and I would enjoy all three aspects of our redemption. Even as you're what? Soul prosperous. So my you know my encouragement to you tonight is don't let anybody talk you out of your redemption. Tell you that God doesn't care about these things because He does. He is a God of increase. That's why Isaiah fifty five tells us to what? Forsake your thoughts and take up whose thoughts? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's why when his thoughts, his word, his revelation comes up against our old religion or what grandma and them always said or what we we heard some religious cliche, we cast that down as a vain imagination that's exalted itself above the knowledge of God and we take the thoughts of God. Say it with me. I'm a prosperous soul believer. Body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Spiritually, physically, and materially. That is what uh, we mean by classic redemption. Now, a prosperous soul means that you are right with God and it's reflected by His activity in the soulish realm. Say it with me, I'm right with God. Aren't you glad you're right with God tonight? You know what, if everything fell apart tonight and you could put your head on the pillow, knowing there's nothing between you and God. Every sin is under the blood. Every imperfection. Every time you failed or fell down, the scripture tells you, yeah, I may fall, but guess what? I shall. I shall arise. The righteous man falls seven times, the scripture says, but well, what does he do? He gets back up again. This is not about, you know, the demonstration of the perfect. It's not about an aquarium for those who've never made a mistake. This is about the household of faith. God knew what he was getting when he got us. Look at your neighbor and tell him right now, he took you anyway. To be right with God. To be right with God. Say everybody in the church is right with God. Uh, Excuse me, I've been doing this too long. No, they're not. No, they're not. Especially the day we live in right now. People are not right with God and COVID-19 hasn't helped. You would think COVID-19 would cause people to get right with God. Their minds are filled with all kinds of nonsense, including fear, blocking them from right obedience and and integrity and fidelity to the scripture and God's teachings. You've been delivered from fear. This church has been taught too much about not walking in fear. Hallelujah. I pulled out some notes, you know, on faith school. Just the notes are 25 pages long. I don't know how many messages that recognize you know that represents, but I can tell you this. We've been taught too much to be walking around in fear to some little bitty virus. Are you here today? It's important to understand that no, not everybody is right with God. Instead of obeying the Lord Jesus Christ as revealed through his word, they're bowing to everything under the sun, including fear. Including doubt, including unbelief, including you know, all kinds of things that man would say. Well, hey, Jesus is Lord over your life. Yeah. And the word is the authority over your life. Aren't you glad for that? Yeah. Not only are you right with God, you've been given his righteousness. You've been given the gift. He took your sin and gave you his righteousness. That's what it means to have a prosperous soul. And the more you meditate upon, accept, and walk in that righteousness, that righteousness mentality, instead of, I'm a terrible, horrible sinner, black hearted sinner, weak worm of the dust, until you get this right that that's not the way God sees you, it's going to be hard for you to prosper and increase because in the back of your mind, I don't deserve to. Well, guess what? Nobody in this room deserves to. You don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't deserve the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You don't deserve to have your body healed. You don't deserve to one day be raised from the dead. You don't deserve a job. You don't deserve a raise. You don't deserve increase. You don't deserve anything. I can see the word has gotten in you. Can we all agree that in us lies nothing good? That our righteousness, Scripture says, is as what? Filthy rags. And if you're wondering if she's like that all the time, yes, she is. So you might as well go ahead and know it now. Amen. (laughs) And we love her for it. Hallelujah. Do you know what happens if you'll sit under the Word long enough? Your spirit will shout out. When something becomes real to you, it's impossible. What? And if you try to close your mouth, it'd blow your teeth out. <laughs> we know that. But see, something needs to change and when... You're right with God, and you've got a revelation of righteousness. You no longer walk around with a sin tag and a sin mentality, and a am a nobody, I'll never be anything. You begin to take on the mentality of the one that never sinned. And it's a funny thing. The more you receive and, and think about that righteousness mentality, the less you end up sinning. The more sin conscious you are, the more you do it. Now, who would love you to sin more? The God or the devil? the devil? Of course, the evil one. Aren't you glad that he gave you his righteousness? Yeah. Yeah. And he took your sin and he dealt with it and he expunged your record. So, guess what? That person's gone. Raise your hand if you've been baptized in water. Do you know what it meant when you came up out of that water? You left something behind? And the one that came up is what? Righteous. So guess what? Our sister is right. Because of what Jesus did, you deserve everything coming to you. Amen. You're going to get what's coming to you, young man. (laughs) Come on, say it. I'm going to get what's coming to me. Spiritually, physically, and materially, to be right with God is to be born again. To be right with God is to have traded that old sin tag, that old uh, you know sin mentality, for a righteousness mentality. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's who we have become. And when you have that, your your soul is prospering. But it also means that your mind is actively being renewed. You cannot. Stay out of the Word and keep your mind renewed. I just want God to increase me. I don't want to have to do anything. I'm sorry, but your mind is not going to stay renewed, which means your soul is not going to prosper if you don't keep it in the Word. And Some of y'all have been spending 15 hours watching the news about an election. You don't have time to read, you know, three verses in the Bible. Yeah, you do. You just need to, what? Turn one off and turn the other on. One's true, one's never true. One's infallible, one's completely fallible. Amen. One's full of error, one's inerrant. One will build your faith, the other one will tear you down. One will put you in fear, the other one will take you out of fear. So my soul's prospering as I spend time in that word. And let it speak to me and open up my eyes, and and all of a sudden my mind is not, you know, fixed permanently. I, I will have a mind that gets there, but on this earth, how do you understand that you know Wednesday night at the harbor is not the only input you have? You have to make a dedicated decision as you're gonna keep your mind renewed. It also means your will is submitted. Say my will is submitted. In other words, you you know what God's will and revelation is about your life, then you yield to Him consistently. That's why when someone says y'all yeah, just preach this easy believism stuff you know you prosperity people, oh yeah it's real easy it requires that you obey God that's, right. that's real easy you know we don't preach just do whatever you want to do, live however you want to live say whatever you want to say, go wherever you want to go don't make any difference, you know God in his mercy will just prosper you and increase you, no you submitting your will being in the will of God is tied to you increasing in every area Some people think i got to help God out. I'm saved, you know, and spiritually, I'm doing fine. And Physically, he's healed me, but I'm going to take care of my material part myself. So I'm going to go right, think I can be blessed materially. And what you don't know is where you can be at the apex of God's blessing of that part of redemption, material redemption, that's in the will of God. Wherever that is, if you're in the will of God, now he can actually do that in your life. But you've been amazed. how many believers operate by the itch in their lives? They get an itch, they move here. They get an itch, they move over there. They get an itch, they go over here. And you know what? You better scratch that thing. Put some salve on that. And it, it's a shame. It's a shame. Sometimes we'll, we'll refer to these folks as flaky. Say it with me. The will of God, will of God. is where I need to be. I need to yield to it. That's where your you're best version of yourself, and that's where you can enjoy maximum spiritual, physical, amen, and also material redemption and increase in your life. It, it doesn't make, have to make sense to your mind. I'm thinking about uh, Leroy, uh, Rodney, and Daryl Louisiana. Uh, a couple thousand people there. And I think church is bigger than the town is. And uh, Leroy uh, has a Rolls Royce. How did that happen? Well, somebody gave it to him. Are you here? Now, I don't really care if you drive a Rolls Royce or, you know, one of those little bitty electric cars. I remember just the planets talking about this. You know, y'all got one of those little electric cars he goes. Eee. He said he turns his car on and goes. One goes e, and his car speaks in tongues. But the point is, he's in this little speck of dust, and God has increased him and elevated him. And he has ministered and impacted the African-American community in ways that are hard to even calculate because he's telling them it's not what happens or what has happened to you or what somebody has said or done to you. It's about what you do with the word of God. There's no way to keep anyone down who has a prosperous soul. That's the revelation. Come on, say it with me. That is a revelation. No one can hold me down. Come on, shout it out. No one, no one can hold me down. My point is he's been very successful in every category of redemption. And in the natural, you think, how in the world can that happen? I need to help some of y'all out. He passed through in a town about the size of Almo Heights. <laughs> comparative to Murray. When you compare a place like New Orleans to Darrell, Louisiana, you get the picture. And we get this idea that I got to help God out here. You know, if I, I'll do this and do this. No, all you need to do is just pick up what God tells you to do and just do it. Just yield to him. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Say, well, I don't know about that. I have all these fears. There you go. Don't let fear keep you out of the will of God. Yeah. Amen. Say, when well, my, my mind is renewed. My will is submitted. Emotion. My emotions Emotion. are what? are arrested, checked. Emotions are not there for you to run your life. Emotions are there for you to experience life. You've got to stop being emotion ruled if you really want to increase in every area of life. You don't believe me, go through the Word of God and you will find a never-ending story of people who messed up God's plan because of their emotions. And it didn't take very long in Scripture to find it. Genesis chapter 4, Cain is jealous of his brother. Why? Because his relationship with God, God accepted his sacrifice, his offering, and of course, you know, Cain was sloppy about it. Here's some of the whatever. And how many understand, it's not just about physically what's there, it's about the heart behind it. And what does he do? Catch list. God shows up and he says, sin is crouching at your door. And what? You must master it. Now God is telling, right? Now how many know that the first generation sinner must have been a powerful sinner? <laughs> huh? Well, some of y'all relate to that. Even. <laughs> All that forcing and pushing on him, and God says a ridiculous thing to a man that's not even born again or spirit-filled. Redemption is just being revealed that he can master it. But what was the problem? God himself. See, some of us, if if God himself showed up, we would not let go of that emotion-ruled lifestyle. If Jesus showed up tomorrow morning and told you, you need to get a handle on this emotion that's pushing you out of my will, we would just somehow let the emotion override what he said to us. That's literally what happened. You must master it. And what did he do? There doesn't appear to be any interlude at all between that conversation to when he takes some implement. Many scholars believe he just picked up a rock and bashed his brother in the head, and the blood ran right there and cried out to God for justice. Now, how many understand he wasn't in a good mood when he did it? He was not prospering in his soul when he picked up that rock. He said, well, I would never do that. If you were here for Rodney's Sunday School lesson, you found out that the anger behind the murder is the real issue. Right. The murder is just a manifestation of the anger, which means you can sin. You can you be angry and sin not. You can be angry and not violate God's Word. You can be angry and not somehow do something that would take you out of His will or be harmful to yourself or somebody else. But a lot of people do sin when they yield to emotion." One of the saddest stories anywhere in the Bible is a rich young ruler. Jesus called him, come follow me. You know, what do I need to do, you know, to be saved? Well, you know, you know the law. All these I have kept since I was a young man. Yep, you do. One thing you need to do. Go what? Go sell all your your positions. Watch this, God's not telling all of you to sell your positions. He's telling that man to sell his positions. Why? Because there was one thing he loved more than God go sell your possessions, come follow me, and what? He didn't hang around for the rest of the sermon. I've had people in this church not hang around for the rest of the sermon. (laughs) Are you here? Say it with me, I am here. And instead of saying... God incarnate is calling me to an apostolic ministry. I can't wait to get around to selling everything I have and giving to the poor and following him. This is going to be an adventure. Watch this. The scripture says he went away sad. Do you see this? (laughs) Mad broke Cain's destiny. Sad broke the rich young ruler's destiny. Are you still here tonight? Say with me, the prosperous soul. We are prosperous soul people. We are prosperous soul preachers and teachers in this church. And if you think that that's easy believism, then just, you know, Guard your heart right now and say to yourself and say, God, honestly, search me. How am I doing in the area of my mind being renewed, my will being submitted, and my emotions being under control? One lost because he was mad. Are you here? Everybody say mad. Mad. One lost because he was sad. Everybody say sad. And then there are people, thirdly, that lose their way because of glad. They say things like this. God just wants me to be happy. And they trample on the word of God in pursuit of an emotion that would give them a temporary happiness at the expense of their eternal destiny. I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times, and I've heard 10,000 other stories where godly people have chased some woman's tail right out of their destiny. Or vice versa. Are you here? And they'll say things like that. That's not rooted in revelation. He didn't die for your happiness. Joy, yes. Peace, yes. But he did not die so that you could be run by the nose and led by the nose by your emotions. Whatever you feel. There's a lot of people that live in in this dichotomous kind of lifestyle where they they do love God, they're on fire for God, their tongue talking, born again righteousness mentality. I mean speaking the word of God, declaring the promises of God, but the problem is their emotion is still so powerful in their life that all of that can be shut down in a moment because they feel something. You know what you got to do? You got to say, I am not giving up what God has for me because I am mad. I am not giving up what God has for me because I am sad. And I am not giving up what God has given me so I can be glad. Are you here tonight? That's what it means to have a prosperous soul where your emotions are in line with the word of God. You know, if I could suddenly put up on the screen what God has for you. And then tell you that all these little traps that he's got the devil's got set for you, that's what you would be giving up. We'd probably be more motivated. But you know what? We do have the word of God made more certain. God has great and precious promises for you. And I will tell you this, one of the ways the devil gets us is by our own measure, our own defeat, where we're not renewed in our mind. We can't recognize the trap because our mind's not renewed. We're so used to running our lives by what we want and what our, our will is telling us that all He has to do is get us out of God's will just for a short amount of time. We may never get back in His will again. And I'm going to tell you this, because this is where we're talking about. We're talking about going from emotional intelligence to emotional intelligence that is spirit-ordained and word-based, where I can feel something strongly. And trust me, from time to time, pastors feel things strongly. Don't look at me with that holy tone. I know you. I know you all feel things strongly too. But what does the mature believer does not want to come out of the prosperous soul and give up the destiny of God? They feel something strongly and they back up and they say, I am not going to allow this, this hiccup in my soul to cost me what God is trying to do in my life. Amen. You don't have to go chasing after things that'll make you glad. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm not gonna get mad. Glad sad. And lose God's destiny. Do they do it? Yes. I would just tell you this, you know, just some experience. It, probably ninety percent of the people that fall into a ditch fall there because they were led by their emotions. And as a consequence, they hate preaching like this. We'll take it up with John and the Holy Ghost. Amen. This teaching is is not for some psychologist somewhere. This teaching comes from the one that created you. Amen. Amen. So it's not just negative emotions that take people out of God's will. It can be positive emotions that take people plumb out of God's will. Amen. Turn this line and say, don't make it every time you feel. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. What matters is that I have a prosperous soul. Say it with me, I'm right with God, righteousness mentality, renewed in my mind, submitted in my will. Emotions under control of the Spirit of God. My soul is prospering. Congratulations, if your soul is prospering, there's no reason that you can't increase. Amen. See, all the redemption, all that increase, spiritually, physically, materially, is tied to the condition of my soul. People have been singing for hundreds of years, Is well with my soul, is it? I would say a big portion of church that sings, that's lying at the time. But who wants to sing, it ain't well with my soul? No one wants to sing that. It ain't well, it ain't well with my soul. But I'm being honest. Because I have this little fuzzy mentality about what a soul is. Scripture defines it very plainly. We're called to be pure, body what? Soul and spirit. The apostle made it clear that we are a complex, multidimensional being. But boy, if we can keep these things lined up long enough, we're going to see increase rolling in in every way. The great things of God, the treasures of God, the power of God, the anointings of God, the things that are promised in the third great awakening, the glorification process is working on your minds, working on your wills, working on your emotions. Can you agree with that tonight? And if we allow the glorification process to happen where the manifest presence and power and goodness of God hit us, we are set up for nothing but good things. Amen. Let me just be blunt with you. Trump don't bring it and Biden can't take it away. Is that plain enough for everybody tonight? Your king is Jesus, and he can't be voted out. He cannot be impeached, and he is not limited to two terms. Come on, give him some praise tonight. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the one, the sovereign you serve. And that's the one that tells you if your soul prospers, then you're going to do what? Everything else is going to go well with you too. I pray above all things that I may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And can I tell you something tonight? It's a big deal. I said it's a big deal. Just one other scripture I wanted to share with you tonight. Go to John 10. I know you know it from memory, but I want you to put your eyes on it. John chapter 10. Because John 10 gives us some revelation about what it means. We've got revelation on what the soul is now, the prosperous soul is. But John 10 gives us revelation about what it means to have an abundance in life. John 10, are you there? Verse 10, the thief comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life. Zoe, the God kind of life, the Shalom kind of nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Victory to victory. Overcoming to overcoming. How about 41 messages on the year of triumph? Hallelujah. Say it with me. He always leads us. Always leads us in triumph. I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Now, other translations, I came to my what? Have life. Life more. Abundantly, Amplified goes on and says, till the full, till it what? Till it overflows. And that's actually very, very accurate with, with the Greek. And I want to explain this to you tonight. What does it mean to have that abundance? Well, we're talking about super abundant fullness of soteria. Write that down. Super abundant fullness, fullness, not lack, fullness of soteria. Soteria is the word for our salvation. Soteria means everything that pertains to your highest good. It means touching you spiritually, financially, relationally, occupationally, touching you in your mind, your emotions. That soteria touches every aspect of your life. And the word abundant life, it refers to being a super abundant fullness of that soteria in every dimension. You don't have to sit here and live with a mental illness in your life. That's not a good enough amen. You don't have to put up with that thing attacking you. Cycles of depression, you're up, you're down, you're in, you're out. God has super abundant fullness for you, soteria in every area of your life. That's what this means. If we're not careful, we go, yes, the thief cometh not, but we steal, kill, killing destroy, And I've come, they might have life and have more abundantly. Praise the Lord and, and whatever. Let's go out and have potluck. You need to meditate on what it means when he says abundant life. Surely you understand that it means increasing in every dimension of soteria. Every aspect of it. We shouldn't be farther away from God because COVID hit. We should be closer to God than we've ever been before. We shouldn't even push the pause button on our growth or our revelation or physical health or financial well-being. No. Write this down. It means super in quantity and quality. See, the religious will love that word, in quality. Yes, amen, quality. But you know what? You don't have to settle for quality or quantity. You can have quality and quantity. If there are five things wrong with your body, how I many you know, quality is fine in one area, but wouldn't you like to have quality and quantity? All of them fixed. I'm so excited about this third great awakening. I'm excited about what God is going to do in the lives of people spiritually and physically. I'm so excited the power of God's going to hit these people. There's going to be 25 things wrong, and he's going to take care of every one of them right there. They're not going to walk out with one thing healed and 15 things wrong, amen. It's going to be an increase in soteria in these days. Oh Roberts, before he went home to be with the Lord, he said that miracles are coming back big time. Healing's coming back big time. Bigger than it ever was in an old tent. Hallelujah, what a testimony that'll be somebody shows up in this altar and they go out of here not with one, two, five, 10, 12 or 15 things healed, but everything that's wrong in their body, increasing it in soteria. How you know the meaning's on at that point Hallelujah. It means to be in excess excess. It means extraordinary. It means beyond measure. There's no cup to measure it. There's no measuring device to measure the goodness of God spiritually, physically, materially that is coming to his people. Why is it important to cover this? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How many you are ready to see people get saved like never before? We're not taking a vacation from the primary mission of God. This is going to be the greatest outpouring ever on this planet, and we're going to be right in the middle of it in Jesus' name. It's, hallelujah, it's extraordinary. It's beyond measure, exceedingly beyond measure. How many of y'all still believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine according to His mighty power that's already? Amen. Glory to God. Have you ever heard the word superfluous before? Super F L U O U S. Superfluous. There used to be a a florist in Nashville, I guess there still is, and they would call themselves the superfluous, you know, florist. And I thought to myself, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's the ad campaign. The average listener would have to go turn up a, you know, open up a dictionary to find out what that word means. And I won't embarrass you by asking you what it means tonight. Super. Amen? Superfluous. What does that mean? This is is a, a very good literal translation of this word abundance. Anyone know what it means? Inquiring minds want to know. Your redemption, your soteria, your increase is supposed to be superfluous. When you leave here, if you go to a restaurant, in walks, superfluous. How you feeling tonight? Superfluous. Not marvelous. Good. How you doing? Good. No. Next time somebody asks you in town, how you doing? Don't no, say good. Just for the reaction. Just for the reaction, say superfluous. And watch them tilt their head and then spin around and walk off. But I really felt the Lord wanted to deposit this into your heart tonight superfluous it means unnecessary it means way 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 more than enough so much it's beyond necessary spiritually, physically, materially. An old man religion comes in and says, well, I'm just believing God to meet my needs. That's all. That's not superfluous. It's not about your needs or your greeds. It's about redemption and the increase that comes with it. And it's supposed to be superfluous. Why? So you can be blessed to be a blessing. As it turns out, Jesus was right in John chapter 10, verse 10. Superfluous. More than you need. This was never about you having your cup filled and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go to heaven one day. It was about you having superfluous redemption in every area of your life. What if the anointing touches me and I'm completely well? That's fine and dandy, but there are thousands even in this town that need the power of God right now in their body. They need it right now. Somebody's in the hospital right now. Somebody got a bad report today. And they need more than just us being right. functional. Amen? Right. Yeah. Well, just a little of my four and no more. I believe God for 50,000 more, and if you don't want to be a sober, let somebody else do it. Are you here tonight? overflowing to the full till it what? Till it overflows. We've been thinking about, well, just what I need, forgiveness, which is what I need, you know, a little dab of righteousness will do me well, you know, a little bit of physical healing, a little bit of touch from God, Lord, just just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. (laughs) Let me help you out here. You stopped climbing a long time ago. He's been carrying you since you got born again. So get off of this. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. It's He that is doing in your life. Superfluous. Exceedingly abundantly beyond, more beyond than you could possibly need. Why would He do that? Because He has more than just you and mine. And you think people in the world are going to do it? Let me ask you this. People in high places that have superfluous resources, are they doing what God wants them to do with those resources? Huh? I'm one of them, I'll call him, I won't call him by name, but he spent a lot of money trying to control the population of this planet. Now watch this. Genesis 1.28 tells us, commands us to increase, fill the earth, subdue it. Standing order for human population is to increase. And if you bought the Kool-Aid that says there's not enough resources for the people on this planet, there's enough resources on this planet for 100 billion people you've been lied to. You've been lied to. So here we have a man who's got billions and billions and billions of dollars spending money to, you know, fund abortion and also fund sterilization in different parts of the world. That's what they're using their what? Resources for you know what God needs, God needs some of His people that are superfluous in these resource areas so they can do what He wants them to do. How many are going to volunteer for that? Amen. So go ahead and say, Lord, make me superfluous in every area of redemption. Real quickly, go to Second Corinthians 9, and I've got to share this with you, it's gonna bust my teeth out tonight. Think about the heart of God, and this is what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. How did you know? Actually, looking at verse 7 here. But just as you abound or excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in love, see that you also excel in this grace... Of giving. Do you see he's an abounding-minded God? Look, he wants you to increase in faith. Well, make that your declaration. I am increasing in faith. Every single day. Faith to faith. Degree of glory to degree of glory. Every day increasing in faith. To abound in speech. Amen. To talk right. To influence with your words. To line up with the word of God. Become more proficient with your words. Become more like he is. To abound in knowledge. And here we mean revelation knowledge. The word of God striking your heart with the reality of redemption. How I many you know the word of God will hit you like nothing else will? And one word from God can change your life. Forever. Abounding in, in faith, abounding in speech, abounding in knowledge, abounding in love. Do we need to be abounding in love right now? Yes, Yes. The love of God shed abroad, most powerful force in the universe and abounding in giving. Being a giver and a tither, but God what you have blessed me with, I'm going to be a superfluous giver because you have been, what, a God that has blessed me in the same manner in terms of material things. All these things just revealed to you, and you should certainly increase in all of these, but I want you to back up and look at this thing with a broader perspective. Your God is increased-minded. Your God is abounding-minded, not backing up or retreating-minded. Now watch us Going over to 2 Corinthians 9. on verse 8, and God is able to make all grace Abound to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you'll abound in every good work. What would it be like to feel the full force of his nonstop favor in your life? Amen. You should be abounding in his favor. Amen. So much favor, it's superfluous. Every day, increasing in the favor of God. Amen. Favor of God is not just for Jerry Seville. Come on, say it's for me. Say it with me. I am a person favored by God most high. Watch this. He wants you to abound in his favor. And when you do all things, all times, all that's needed, you're abounding to good works from that favor produces everything you need. And not just sometimes, all times. Can you receive that tonight? Say it with me. All things, all times, all that's needed. When the favor of God hits you, you abound and you have what? All you need at all times and in every situation. So you can then abound, right? In good works. We shouldn't be Token when it comes to good works, we should be superfluous in our good works. We should be abounding in the things that we do. Amen. Why? Because He is an abounding minded God, He is increase minded. Now, watch this. How many want to have a superfluous life? That's all practice. Hello? I am superfluous. Might as well start confessing it now. Amen. Amen. Superfluous life, spiritually, physically, materially. That's all tied to the prosperous soul. Some will never hear these things, and so they can never tap into them. Some hear these things but won't believe them, so they won't tap into these things. Some people will hear these things and make up their mind that they are going to focus on a prosperous soul, but they'll get weary or sidetracked or get upset or mad or put out or offended, and it stops the progress of their soul prospering. But there's some in here that made up their mind they're going to have a superfluous life. Come on, raise your hand if you're going to have a superfluous life because you are going to focus on the prosperous soul. And when opportunity comes to get mad, or pursue glad or walk in sad. Can I help you out here? And one of the reasons we don't grieve like the rest of the world is because that grief does not produce the righteous life just like anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. You can put any emotion in that scripture and it will still fit. Man's grief man's anger, man's sorrow, man's lust, man's this, man's that does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Amen. Say it again, I'm superfluous. Some of y'all can't wait to try it out on a neighbor or a relative at Thanksgiving. Did you hear Fred? He said he's superfluous, whatever that means. But just maybe your neighbor or your relative will look it up. And you can explain to them classic redemption and how it's tied to the prosperous soul. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap tonight and receive it.